this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss, it's a zero day in the neighborhood, a critical rated vulnerability affecting Cisco's iOS XE software is being exploited by hackers. Next up, I like to move it, move it. The Clop ransomware gang continues to develop its ransomware tied to secured managed file transfer software. And of course, our fun game, Gold Guidance and Grievances. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 170, recorded on October 23rd, 2023. I'm your co-host, Callie, Clop and Lock Fencil. With me is co-host Taylor. We heard you liked O-Days, so we put an O-Day in your O-Day. Wilkes Pierce. And last but not least is Tim. Move it away, move it away, move it away now. Helming. <laughs> you guys make me say the silliest stuff. <laughs> well, you make it fun. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I... I had to pot like I had to pause it, listeners, to, to figure out how to say some of these. And so and I'm now I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna make Taylor say where his fun name comes from. Because yeah. everybody needs to know. I look I think everyone <laughs> you know, there was an old show on MTV uh, where they would pimp your ride. They would they would take your, you know, nineteen nineties uh, Honda Accord and then like plug a fishbowl into it because you liked fishbowls <laughs> for, for no reason. I don't know why. They could pay your rent, but instead they put a fishbowl in your car because you liked them. So, you know, we heard you liked zero days, so we put a zero day in your zero day. Okay, okay. <laughs> We're going back to the 90s all the way. I love the 90s, especially, you know, you mentioned MTV, but I like the VH, was it on VH1? I heart the, I love the 90s and I love the 70s, like all the I loves decades. Wonderful way to learn about pop culture. Oh, yes. That's how I learned about history was from uh, comedians that were on the state. Um, Yeah. And then Tim, how about your, how about your fun name? Well. For, for people that might not know. Yeah. So the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers are a band that everybody should have some familiarity with um, because they they did some really neat things out there. And yeah, yeah, I guess that was just one of the anthems of the early 90s, that tune by the Chili Peppers. So there you go. Perfect. You know who loves the Chili Peppers? My six-year-old nephew. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Nice. He, yeah. So when he was four, I we still call them this because he like he would ask for it. Like he would ask for um, red hot chili peppers in the car. He'd be like, peppers. I want peppers. That's adorable. So that's what they are to us now is just peppers. <laughs> oh, he's a cool little yeah. guy. <laughs> for sure. We, we got to got to raise them right. Yeah. He should become a bass player. I hope so. Um, he's showing some uh, some some interest in music. Um, the dynamics. Just let me take a moment to brag about my nephew now. I guess um, uh, showing g- good dynamics with uh, piano playing, which is really nice to see. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, some some interest in the drums, which will probably be annoying for a little while and then get Hey good. now, you're talking to a drummer here. I said it would get good. <laughs> <laughs> get great. No, you're exactly right. Yeah, I was just like, it's going to be a struggle for a minute and then it'll be amazing. <laughs> try beginning violin. Did you try that? Oh, no, but I... Uh, I used to be married to a violin teacher, and uh, so I've heard a lot of beginning violin. Well, it's, you know, that's a sound. That's a sound. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, everybody's got to start somewhere. Beginning trumpet's pretty terrible, too. Oh, I I can only imagine. At least with piano, you can, like, kind of play quietly and maybe kind of, like, pretend like you don't exist for a little bit until you get good. That's what I did. Well, you know, it was synthesizers, Ooh. you know, keyboards. You can plug it into headphones. Nobody knows you are doing anything. I have a keyboard where I plug I plug headphones in and my husband's just like, I can still hear you. I just don't hear piano. I just hear like Clomp, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's like, why don't you just unplug it so I can just hear the regular music? Proof that the piano is a percussion instrument. True. I, yes, I love being able to say that. Uh, but yeah, but like I said, everybody's got to start somewhere, in, uh, including including hackers, unfortunately. Mm, yeah. That's a good that's a good transition. That was a very nice segue. I know. I, I just like, oh my God, it just, so, I shouldn't congratulate myself so much on transitions, but here we are because, you know, uh, but we're, we're going to talk about uh, some O days or zero days, whatever, whatever you like to call them. Uh, so uh, we're going to talk about what, what I have entitled, it's a zero day in the neighborhood where hackers have exploited an unpatched zero-day vulnerability in Cisco's networking software to compromise tens of thousands of devices, researchers have warned. So I'll start with Taylor. Um, So this vulnerability is labeled as critical, and it's found in iOS XE. So what exactly is iOS XE for, for those that might not be familiar? Yeah, you know, b- b- right before Apple took over the uh, the space in our brain that we use to think of as iOS for an operating system, uh, Cisco uh, had iOS as kind of their operating system running on uh, switches, routers, and the like uh, for all of their devices. So iOS is their their flavor of Linux that that drives all of the Cisco networking equipment. And they're like, we're we're keeping it. We came here first. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to change it. Like, why should we have to change it? They should change it. Very. Yeah. I could make a office space reference. <laughs> I <should've... laughs> That's what I was going for. <laughs> I, I, oh, okay. I'm picking up what you're laying down. <laughs> Anywho, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Uh, so in any event, Cisco uh, discovered a vulnerability in the web UI that uh, you know sits on top of the of iOS, uh, their their iOS um, that allowed uh, a user like a, an attacker to log on to the web UI and then generate a new uh, kind of user for themselves that has the like highest level of like level 15 user in Cisco land was super high. Uh, you know, essentially root level access, um, you know, uh, to, to that device. 
which was really big. <laughs> uh, and like, with, you know, that became public, I once in the 17th and then on the 19th, you know, the you're scanning folks, uh, the censuses of the world and the like uh, were telling us about, you know, hey, there's like 30 or 40,000 of these devices that we mapped out that are kind of infected with this or that have been, uh, you know, hit with this at this point. You know, as an aside, there's one of these bifurcations of groups of people here, I think, which is uh, there's a certain set of people who knew iOS completely as the Cisco thing. And then there are younger people in, in this business who don't think of Cisco when you say iOS. 100%. I mean, it took me a while to get used to the idea. I was When Apple first called it that, I was like, Really? Are you really going to do that? <laughs> like everybody knows that Cisco iOS is iOS, but uh, you know, yeah, they went forward with I it. I think Apple won. I think they did. Yeah, yeah. That's um, pretty conclusive at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't believe Cisco there was... must have loved that. Yeah. But I can't. Yeah, I can't believe there's no rumble. <laughs> you know, I think you've got one uh, uh, operating system targeted at uh, enterprise networking folks and then the other one at like everyone else in the world. Eight billion people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Well, well, thank you for explaining that, Taylor, um, because I was you know, wondering myself uh, and I'm so glad that uh, I got that backstory. Um, but what are the ramifications of a successful exploitation of this vulnerability yeah you know it's interesting because at first uh you know the the stuff they were doing like wasn't really memory resident right so like hey they weren't like leaving a whole lot of stuff behind and so a reboot could could kick them out uh, a reboot and then a, and a you know you get rid of the account that they created uh unfortunately there was another vulnerability another zero day that they decided that they chained into this attack um that then left behind allowed them to leave behind a small implant or small root kit or a bit of malware uh written in the lua scripting language uh that then does give them kind of a more persistent level of access uh than than just what they would have before and the ability to continually um, kind of inject commands uh into ios Cisco's iOS. Seeds of hate, not seeds of love. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, it's it's re- the the Talos blog, and this is really fascinating, and I urge folks to read through it because it says that they picked up this activity uh, in kind of mid to late September initially, uh, you know, an actor leveraging that vulnerability, and then it took a few weeks for them to come back and, you know, start to establish more persistence. Um, so it does look like, uh, you know, the someone kind of discovered something made and then realized, Hey, wait a second. I don't have the, maybe the right tools to, to leverage this all the way. And then came back a few weeks later with those tools. Um, and yeah, they've released a patch as of yesterday. Oh, good. As, and as of yesterday would be October 22nd for those listening. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I got to clarify for the, for the people at home. Uh, but okay, so interesting. So who who is exactly the main target for for these types of attacks? Yeah, it's really interesting. It is interesting because for Cisco, uh, like their kind of main customer base is certainly enterprise networking gear. Uh, you know, I don't know how many of those larger enterprise networking engagements 
had a web facing UI that wasn't locked down behind like a management VLAN or something like that. Um, because that I mean, it seems like a smarter thing to do. Um, so, you know, it does seem like the the folks that might have been impacted by this were maybe folks who were running this in smaller engagements or folks that were running this at home, um, you know, not necessarily large enterprise environments as you might expect. Um, but we're still, this is still very early. We haven't seen the full fallout and ramifications from this stuff yet. But we don't have any idea why it would be like, those sort of targets at this point in time it's just well, kind of i think they had a vulnerability in the cisco operating system and then at that point you just throw it against everything you have <laughs> everything that everything that you right like you give use it census, all you got you give, yep because your uh your access your timing window is going to be limited um because folks will start to pull their web uis offline or you know cisco will release a patch and they'll patch it and so then your kind of your window of opportunity has closed at that point so you know they went kind of broad as soon as um the the vulnerabilities were more broadly published they were out there in the wild trying to hit all these things uh hopefully uh, most folks were able to take everything down but it does there's like some headlines today they were like hey it looks like the number of systems that have been infected by this have gone down dramatically and then there's also speculation that the actor could have just gone and covered their tracks better because oh. <laughs> <laughs> like the talos report is all about like well yeah you know we think that the actor from mid-september is the same actor group from now because of you know how good they were at covering their tracks <laughs> gotcha. is one of the, the reason behind i'm sure there's more behind it right that that we can't get can't make it into the block but uh I just I found that to be interesting. For sure. So in my outline, I had initially said there's no patch, but now there is a patch, which is good news. Uh, so because I put this together on Fridays. But so there is a patch. Is there anything else that uh, customers you know need to do for mitigation or just just patch your stuff? I just don't put a web UI for your your routing operating system on the publicly available internet well thanks taylor well i think this uh leads us into this week's hoodie rating for your article um if you are a newer listener first of all thank you for listening to our wonderful podcast um after we talk about each article, we like to give it a rating of between one and 10 hoodies. And you think of the stereotypical hacker in a hoodie, where one is not bad at all, and 10 is total disruption to our daily life, which is bad. Um, so Tim, having heard this information about uh, this vulnerability, um, what would you, and, and also with, uh, you know, the information that Taylor provided about the patch, what would you rate this, uh, rate this as? Um, I feel like I say four a lot. So I'm going to say 3.5. Okay. I tend to try to go for the integer hoodie ratings, but <laughs> I really, I'm just feeling this one in between three and four. So, um, if it were unpatched, it would be higher, obviously, and uh, it's good that the that Cisco's taking care of that. So, uh, and it's good that the numbers of infected devices seem to be going down. Admitting the caveat that uh, Tay gave that maybe that's just appearances and not a better reality. Um, but I think that this is concerning, but not, you know, 
not the end of the world and Cisco admins have something they can do about it. And, you know, if, if this does nothing else, but help convince some number of admins not to expose management web UIs on the internet, then yay. Um, and I would say, by the way, that, you know, exposed CLIs are not necessarily much better, <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit less of an attack surface, but still, uh, pretty, it's out there as well. So, um, but those things behind a VPN, yep. it's not that yep. hard. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, put me down for three hoodies and, uh, a checkerboard of the remaining uh, parts. So like the hood, both <laughs> sleeves and just the lower segment of the, uh, of the body. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Perfect. What about you, Taylor? Tim, you can't see me. I am nodding furiously along with your description of the hood. It's like, yes, yes, more. More. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit higher because, you know, the, this was not patched. <laughs> For the, it was like there was a moment in time Until where it was like before they talked about the second O-Day, Cisco was like, OK, well, we know about the first one and we think we kind of fixed that. But then we also like th there's another one that we don't know about at all. It was just a very weird sentence on like a something that they published it's just very i was like wow that seems um you know very like like you that seems like you'd want to be sure about this <laughs> um so i'm gonna go a little higher i'll go uh you know 4.47 hoodies 4.47 yeah. and now you have to explain how you get what? to, to 47 hundredths of a hoodie yes yeah. Well, you know, some sometimes you think like, hey, I'm going to cut like kind of lengthwise or you cut it and you only have a half of it. This is very much a diagonal 47 percent of a hoodie. So it's kind of a shoulder shawl all the way down. But on one side, it's out. I think you could rock it, though. Uh, yeah. All right. I promise you, like, as soon as I get, like, as soon as I get to Seattle, I'm making you wear a hoodie I like see, this. I can see that hoodie. Well, I can see that strutting yeah. right yeah. down the catwalk. You can make it a thing. Hmm. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, thank you, Taylor. I appreciate you going over that article for us. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about I like to move it, move it. So stay tuned. Greetings, Breaking Badness listeners. We hope you're having a devilishly good Cyber Spookurity a Werewolfness Month. If this is your first episode, welcome aboard. And if you've been listening for ages, we thank you for that. After all, we assemble this monster mashup of hacks, vulnerabilities, exploits, and other frightful topics just for you. Now, if you are enjoying this show, we hope you'll tell all your fiends about it. And if we might be so bold, we'd love for you to consider leaving a rating and a review of the show on your favorite podcast platform. Skull it over, won't you? And now, since the show is undead, let us rejoin it. And we're back. How is everybody? Feeling refreshed? Oh, good. Feeling great. That, that mm. is what I'm going for. I, I want everybody to feel rejuvenated after the break. So perfect. So um, <laughs> I like, I'm going to live up to my promise. Um, we are going to talk about I like to move it, move it. 
uh, which is, uh, we're talking about the Klopp ransomware gang continuing to develop its ransomware tied to secured managed file transfer software. And I don't, we've, we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before, and I've seen, uh, you know, some stuff on social media, but not enough. I like to move it, move it. GIFs or memes about this particular ransomware. I don't know what that's about. So I'm going to just use you this opportunity. Start a meme, a meme drive. Yeah. So it's, yep. it's happening. You can have one of those big thermometers that shows how many memes you're trying to get to and where we are in that. Kind of like a telethon. Yes. Getting people to contribute. <laughs> I like to move it, move it memes. <laughs> Your move it, move it meme could mean. <laughs> <laughs> it could change the life of a security professional. <laughs> oh, we have fun here. Um, so <laughs> anyway, so so we're going to we're talking with you, Tim, on, about this one. So vulnerabilities continue to surface in file transfer tools. Um, but let's let's back up. Because, you know, again, we haven't actually talked about this on the podcast before. Um, you know, we haven't talked about the move it. Um, can you summarize, you know, what's been going on with, you know, Clop ransomware and uh, the, the associated file transfer software? Yeah. So Clop is a group that we've talked about occasionally in the past as one of the most prolific ransomware variants out there. Uh, I was reading something on Mimecast where they estimated that they've uh, netted some $500 million and counting in ill-gotten gains. Uh, it was first discovered in 2019, so that 500 mil is not a bad haul for four years of work, except, of course, morally, it's a very bad haul. Uh, Klopp is game, big game hunting. Uh, they seem to go after some of the bigger organizations, so they won't necessarily make the top of the ransomware billboard charts in terms of numbers of victims. Uh, they just tend to get a lot per victim. Clop itself is a variant of crypto mix ransomware, which when it uh, when the Clop version encrypts data on an infected host, it adds a, guess what, dot Clop extension to the encrypted files. Uh, its name, oh so charmingly, comes from the Russian word Clop. Anybody know what that means? I do not. It means bed bug. Mm. Gross. Uh, one of the more sophisticated aspects of the Clop ransomware is that it attempts to disable Windows Defender and to remove Microsoft Security Essentials. That helps Clop covertly infiltrate the victim system, although it, it does potentially then make itself more visible, at least as I was thinking about this, uh, since it's possible to notice the absence of Windows Defender if you have other security tools besides Windows Defender on that host, which is not that uncommon. Um, on the other hand, that might not, you might not be able to notice that until after you've already been popped and everything's been encrypted. So there's that. Okay. Now as for move it, you're right. Uh, we realized that we haven't talked about this, um, which was one of the larger stories over the summer and is continuing to prove pretty troublesome here, some four months after the vulnerability was disclosed. Move it transfer, uh, which by the way is not the only move it application, but it is the only one affected by this bug. It's a common managed file transfer software app uh, that enables the secure movement of files between organizations and their customers using famous protocols like uh, SFTP, uh, SCP, and 
HTTP-based uploads. One hopes that's HTTPS. But anyway, at the heart of the vulnerability is a SQL injection, uh, and it could allow an unauthenticated attacker to gain unauthorized access to the Move It Transfer database, and this bad actor could submit a specially crafted payload to a Move It endpoint, which could result in modification and disclosure of the Move It database content. And from there onward toward privilege escalation, there's a web shell that's been commonly deployed, but basically anything can be deployed once the system's been compromised. Uh, so it's a pretty major issue. And even though a patch has been available since the disclosure was made uh, back in June, the number of compromises we're still seeing tends to suggest that a lot of users still haven't patched their installations. Why wouldn't you patch it if there's a patch? I wonder how many honeypots are in there. Mm. So, so Tim, uh, so so what are some other recent examples of file transfer tool vulnerabilities? Yeah, so Rapid7 has done some great research on this. Ron Bose from Rapid7 said on that uh, platform that InfoSec people sometimes used to post things on, um, that he was going to shake the tree and see what falls out. Those are his words. Said tree being the various MFT vendors. There's, so there's another FT acronym for us to be keeping track of. Uh, anyway, uh, MFT is that managed file transfer. It's this category of types of applications. Some of what uh, Ron Bose found uh, was from these three. So uh, Fortra Globalscape EFT server, that one had four vulnerabilities, including one with remote code execution, uh, although that particular one appears to be difficult to exploit. Uh, so then we've got Jscape MFT, which sports a Java deserialization vulnerability. I think we talked about one of those a while back on Breaking Badness. Anyway, that vuln would allow an attacker to take full control of the software, including stealing stored data. And then we've got South River Technologies Titan MFT and Titan SFTP uh, with multiple vulnerabilities. Although with that one, there's a bit of a mitigating factor in that they all require the user to first authenticate and they also only work if, uh, if that Titan software is being used in a non-default configuration. So that last one is not a major issue in the grand scheme of things, but it's clear that MFT as a category is not as secure as one might hope, considering what it's doing, moving files around, uh, and typically with a publicly accessible endpoint. Oh, for sure. So how are security researchers trying to outpace attackers? Like what- like what jetpacks. With jetpacks. <laughs> oh wait, no, it's only 2023. Yeah, you'd think jetpacks would be a thing by now. It's kind of, and teleportation. They were supposed to. But the best I... we can do is Heelys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh my God, it's like those that pawn shop meme. It's like, best I can do is Heelys. <laughs> best I can do. <laughs> do you guys have Heelys? No? I have never owned a pair of Heelys. No. I think I would have done grievous bodily harm to myself with those. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd have all the ligaments in my knees if I had Heelys. <laughs> do you kid? I still have them anyway. I used to be reasonably okay getting around on a skateboard, but the Healy thing always struck me as being, it just looked harder than skateboarding. I, it, like, even, you know, as a 30-something adult, like, it still looks <laughs> like fun. <laughs> To have Heelys. It does look fun. I'm just like, 
I could do that. I saw an unbelievable video clip uh, the other day of a guy that was doing some kind of amazing moonwalk style dance moves out on a street. And when he first moves into the frame, it looks like he's on skates or heelys or something. You can't actually see his feet at that point. But then he merges into the full frame and he's just moving around in sneakers. And it's unbelievable. I mean, it, it makes Michael Jackson look like the amateur oh, hour. Ooh. It was you gotta quite share impressive. that. I don't remember. Yeah, I'll see if I can what find if you it put again. A jet I don't remember where I saw it. Oh. oh, yeah. He likes to jetpack, jetpack. <laughs> Anyway, okay, so how are we, (laughs) how are the security researchers outpacing the attackers? Well, you know, that work from Rapid7, that was a great example of some of what's being done. Um, Now, uh, the, uh, that researcher is not the only one looking at this because this move it bug got so much attention. So there's another example, and this one's uh, mentioned in the article that we're linking to here is uh, the Australian cybersecurity company Asset Note. They alerted Citrix to a critical vulnerability in their share file storage zones controller in its Citrix's cloud-based secure file sharing and storage services, which they call Citrix Content Collaboration. Um, so yeah, these applications are uh, appropriately under a lot of scrutiny right now, um, not because they're inherently bad, just because the stakes are really high. Gotcha. So, so what about efforts to eliminate flaws um, as they relate to the four CLOP campaigns mentioned in this article? Well, as is so often the case, the number one thing that everyone needs to do is patch these things. Uh, all of those MFTs that we talked about uh, so far have patches out. So the good news here is that the vendors are being responsive. Now, it does have to be said uh, that while the MoveIt vulnerability was disclosed this past June, There is some evidence, according to Kroll, which is a cybersecurity research outfit, uh, that this vulnerability may have been exploited as early as May of 2021, two years earlier. But at least now there are patches out for these things. So everyone needs to, as the expression goes, do the needful. Mm, For sure. Uh, And uh, speaking of do the needful, um, this article also uh, discuss, you know, doing the good cyber hygiene practices. Um, so, so can you talk a little bit about what that would entail? That's a good thing to cover since everything I've talked about so far has been for the administrators of these systems to get the patches in place. So as a user, one of the things you might want to look for and ask your IT department about if you don't see it is a separate authentication layer outside of just authenticating to the MFT application itself. So to explain how that might work, uh, many firewalls or um, dedicated access control devices require that you first authenticate to them before you're able to access whatever applications are hosted behind that firewall. So. I really, really hope that organizations aren't just exposing the uh, file transfer endpoints with no firewalling at all in front of them. That would be very scary. Um, uh, Another option is to use a corporate VPN to access these things. But here again, you know, we're kind of back to talking about what the admins would do versus your question, which is what the end users can do to take care of this. So, so as an end user, um, a couple of possible things uh, that folks can do. Um, 
encrypt your data at rest. So take a moment to take those files and put them in a uh, password protected zip or something like that, um, or use other encryption methods so that it's already uh, secure, you know, but the part of the problem is that they can just gain access to the server itself. So there's only so much the end users themselves can actually do about this besides haranguing their IT compatriots. Okay. This stuff is out there. It's out there, man, in the ether. <laughs> the truth, like the truth, <laughs> is out there. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that, Tim. Um, so I think we're going to we're going to head into our hoodie rating for this particular article. And we'll start with Taylor this time. So, Taylor, um, having heard everything uh, from Tim, what, what are you thinking hoodie wise? Uh, you know, it's still relatively limited to folks that are using unpatched and older uh, secure file transfer protocol methodology so my hoodie rating is going to be i don't know we were at 4.47 for the last one this one i'm feeling 2.667 you know like they're repeating like two and two thirds gotcha. of a hoodie yeah of course of course yeah <laughs> all right what about and and how is that two thirds hoodie constructed? um or deconstructed? Yeah, that's a really good question. If I just had two thirds of a hoodie, I think it's just more like a cropped hoodie. You know, we're gonna we're gonna go for functional for this one. Is is a cropped hoodie functional though? If you got cold <laughs> shoulders, yeah. So true. It is. It is very fashionable right. right now. Is it? Well, I mean, as a lady, I know. <laughs> I don't, well, I don't want these hackers to be fashionable. So no, this is now two point six one hoodies. Have to worry about that too much. Uh, it's now two point six one hoodies, and it's now unfashionable for them. <laughs> Excellent. Well, how about you, Tim? Are you are you feeling similarly to Taylor with like a nice round integer, perhaps? Yeah, I'm going to go back to <laughs> integers land, and I'm going to give this four hoodies. Um, four. Yeah, because the reason I have it a little higher is we we just like this thing doesn't seem to end. That is we true. We keep hearing about, um, and and I I find that a little bit I don't know. It's worrisome and surprising, honestly because of how big news this has been. Like, you can't have missed this. Um, I guess if the only source of your entire security knowledge came from listening to the Breaking Badness podcast, then we do have to apologize that you didn't hear about it until now. But there's a patch. There's a patch, so you can patch it. Um, but yeah, I'm going with four hoodies. I think this one's kind of nasty, and it just seems to still be out there. I hope we see it taper off pretty soon. I feel like we didn't talk about it. Uh, because we're probably like, well, everybody's talking about it. We gotta be different. Yeah, it'll be boring. Just yeah, another story about yeah. move it. But but I wish it would just move it along. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Excellent. Well, well, thank you, Tim. Um, we're gonna head into the last segment of our show, which is um, gold guidance and grievances. Um, not in that order. No, it is not in that order because, uh, again, if you're a new listener, ending it on the grievances, it's very bad vibes. <laughs> and and we want to make sure that you leave this show uh, feeling feeling 
hopeful or optimistic. Yes, inspired. inspired. We want you to come back. Um, so it is gold guidance and grievances uh, inverted. Uh, where um, we'll start with grievances, um, but you know, like like how it sounds, um, Tim and Taylor are going to share something good um, about the industry or about you know anything in general that they're feeling. Um, any guidance that they might have that's that speaks for itself, and then of course you know any gripes that they have with the industry. Uh, at, at yeah, we never have no, any of those. No, no, it's all <laughs> sunshine and eternal optimists over here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so Taylor, maybe we can start with you. Uh, we'll start with your your grievance. My grievance is that Okta got hacked again. I saw. <laughs> I thought about that's not my grievance, but I it was oh, a contender for sure. Yeah. Um, and again, it's it's. Yeah. <laughs> It's that you were supposed to be the chosen one. You're you were supposed to join them, <laughs> meme, uh, with you know transferring passwords into tokens. Uh, anywho, yeah, that's annoying. <laughs> For sure. I mean, this one looks like maybe it's not gonna ultimately end up affecting end users, but I think it's probably a little too early to really say, because we've heard you know there've been other. Uh, secure access, identification, et cetera, um, companies whose breaches looked less harmful at first than they turned out to be. Yes. And so, you know, in this case, it's like, hey, it looks like they hit the support case management system, but there could have been archive files in there with folks' credentials. And yeah, it's uh, who knows? <laughs> That's my grievance. Uh, OK. Well, what about how, what about guidance? Guidance. Uh, I mean, this, I'll go back to my article. There's a whole CISA article on addressing the Cisco iOS XE vulnerabilities um, that is like qu quite literally entitled Guidance. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to go with that. Appropriately titled. Yeah. How about gold? Gold. Uh, <laughs> this one is more of like, um, you know, it's bad for someone else's. Is, you know, we see someone get arrested and they've done lots of ransomware. We like that. So uh, key target in the Ragnar Locker ransomware operation was arrested by Europol. In Paris. Oh, yeah. So we're going to have that. That's our gold. All right. That's a good one. That yep. is a good one. Excellent. Well, thanks, Taylor. What about what about you, Tim? What's your grievance? My grievance? Um, something that we've blogged about recently, but it's these ongoing U.S. Postal Service phishing campaigns. So annoying. And, Super annoying. Yeah. Super and for some people, I'm sure it's more than just, you know, stuff that you've got to delete out of your text. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, so there's just a ton of that going on and it's not only usps but you know it's all all the major package delivery service but uh usps seems to be in the spotlight right now with some of these campaigns so that's my grievance uh my guidance make sure your phone is secure and there are apps out there to do that do some research on that uh from a reputable source um but one example there's an ios app uh not the Cisco iOS, uh, <laughs> that, uh, an app called iVerify. And it does some nice things to just help you make sure you've got some of the basic pieces covered on your, if you're uh, in team iPhone. Uh, it's not free. It's three bucks. So 
pretty low price that's to too pay. Too much money. It, you know, <laughs> keeps you from getting popped. Too much. And that's going to be the best two ninety nine you've ever spent. Uh, it's highway so, robbery. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> I know. For an app, it's so funny. Our whole attitude about app prices compared to everything else in the world, like you know, it's the cost of a large side of fries somewhere, but it's like three dollars. Are you kidding me? Three bucks. <laughs> <laughs> that app ought to be free. Um, What's interesting? Yeah. I'll pay three dollars for a Patreon, <laughs> and then yeah, and then uh, for an app, I'm like, that's a lot of money. Plant that's a lot of money. Plant seriously. ID. I know some of them are like six dollars. Wow, Who's asking yeah. for six dollars. I know it's <laughs> it's crazy, but anyway, this one might be worth okay. it. Okay, all right, gold. Well, uh, the FCC is clapping back on twenty telco companies whose submitted uh the fcc required them to uh all to submit robocall mitigation plans the fcc is finally really it seems like they're starting to take more seriously the problem of robocalls and um, so the telcos all had to submit mitigation plans for these but there are 20 of them whose <laughs> mitigation plans were just total bs um like uh, one of them was a Windows printer test page. Uh, other ones were just empty pages. Um, and so the FCC was not amused by this. And um, so uh, the sanctions against these telcos could include having all of their calls to the United States blocked uh, across the board. Right. So, um, uh, yeah, That's so deep. the FCC is pretty serious about it. <laughs> I've got some teeth. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not talking, you know, Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T, et cetera. But, um, but yeah, there are, these are smaller outfits, but maybe this will put a little dent in the robocalling that's hitting all of us. So uh, go FCC. I FCC you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, excellent. Well, thank you both for sharing your gold guidance and grievances inverted. Very always, always fun to hear these. They're they're so great to to listen to, and I'm glad we invert it. Um, because yeah, that was a good that was a good good hack. call. Good call. All right. Well, you know, thank thank you both for being here today. It's always fun talking to you, and um, thank you to our listeners, of course. I appreciate you tuning in, um, and be sure to tune in again next week for for an all new episode. But thank thanks for being here, and we will catch you soon. Stay frosty out there. Cheers. Cheers everybody. Bye, everybody. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. Click.